This is Sunday, September 16th, and this is the Fantasy Book Discussion Group. And we are doing Assassin's Apprentice by Robin Hobb. It's the um, uh, Farseer Trilogy, Book 1, and available on Bard and also on Bookshare, I believe. I didn't look it up on Bookshare, but I think it is. Uh, First, I want to know overall views. Did everybody finish it, like it, not like it? What was your response to the book? Well, um, I read it some time back. Oh, back last winter, I guess. Somewhere in there. Maybe last fall, last winter, something like that. Anyway, um, I really liked it. And I liked it for several reasons. Number one, I really got interested in the characters. And that, for me, is a real plus. Uh, number two, I thought the plot was interesting. And number three, I thought the handling of magic was interesting. So, in general terms, that's what I thought of the book. Well, I got... Um, I found it a, a kind of a slow book to get started. Um... Only the last few chapters had any action in them. I might read the rest of the series just to see what happens to people. I guess I am starting to care about, oh, Vitz a little bit. I'm also curious about what the fool in the uh, courtroom, or fool in the king's court what he has to do with everything and shade and verity I had a little trouble believing that King Shrew wouldn't realize what was going on with Rigel is that his name he might not be as shrew as shrewd as he thought he was so I give it an okay well I like the book and I can tell Evan read it on Bookshare because they pronounced it regal and um, what was the other word that, that you pronounce? Fitz. So that's interesting. If it's spelled with a V rather than F, that's interesting. I thought it was good. I, I stayed with it, which, as you guys know, sometimes I don't stay with a book if I don't get to, into it at all. And we'll kind of break down the characters and the setting and the plot. In, in step by step, but I, I stayed with it. I like the book, and I'll probably read the uh, the next book. In a way, I found it better than her later books. Uh, several months ago, we did um, first one of the Rainwild Chronicles, and somebody can help me remember with the title on that one. Which, by the way, if anybody noticed, Ra- the w- Rainwilds were mentioned in this book, just very much in passing. But I thought, ooh, um, but I thought I liked this a lot better. It was a little tidier, a little more focused. And, uh, of course, she didn't get so muddy as <laughs> she did in that dragon book. Are there any other comments about the book in general? And then, since everybody is focused on characters, we'll go to the characters. Any other comments about the book in general? Ah, there we go. Okay. I wasn't getting the microphone. That's what happened. I think it's dragon something. Something of dragons. Dragon. Anyway, it's dragons. There's some some kind of dragon in there. And I thought this book was a lot 
better than that one. Uh, although I did read the second one. I haven't downloaded the third one from Bard. Uh, I, if, I mean, from Audible. If it comes up on Bard, I'll probably read the third book. So, uh, shall we go on then to the characters? Some comments have already been about made about who liked the characters. Did you think they were well done? Was there any particular character that stood out? Did you have any problems with any of the characters? I don't mean you didn't like them. They were nasty guys because we all know Galen was a creep. But, uh, and Regal was second degree creep. But um, did, did anybody work especially well or not work especially well? Do we have a problem, Houston? Is anybody there? Uh, I think I'm here, although I'm never really sure. Uh, I don't know. I'd like to know more about the Fool and Shade. Because, um, you know, in a, particularly Shade, because in a, a smart king would allow his assassin to make decisions about you know who who got assassinated, if anyone, or would try to work out an alternate solution rather than, you know, Regal's idea, which seemed to be basically doesn't matter. Go ahead and kill whoever needs to be. I say to kill. Um, I had the feeling that Shade actually weighed the consequences of his actions before he did them. I'm not quite sure what the fool is. I, I sus kind of suspect he's going to turn out to be a god at some point. Um, and I don't know. I, ju I just wonder, if did they have to use the word bastard so much? I got really tired of it after a while. I think in that time, and given the attitudes, they had to. Um, because and it drove home to him. Notice how how often he feels himself unworthy, and that's why Galen is able to get so much power and be such an uh, uh, really like an abusive parent over a child. Only he does it so quickly over them, and over particularly Fitz. And I think it's partly because Fitz always has a little bit of an inferiority feeling, and he just you know he keeps being reminded that he's a bastard and that isn't a good thing. Um, so I think maybe that she's making her point. That's the way they talked then. They probably used worse words that she didn't use. But, um, yeah, I think they had to. It got irritating as a, as a reader, perhaps. One thing, one observation I made about the fool, I wonder if he was an albino. Um, there were a couple of references to his skin and his coloring that made me wonder if he wasn't an albino. That he might still also be a god or something else, but I or one of the elders that they say you're not supposed to deal with, although I think those are the dragons. Um, and we'll find out later on. And as far as Shade and Shrewd and the um, and the message, you know, when when um, Fitz tries to communicate with him and he says, no, go ahead and do what you're supposed to do. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure. I guess August really did communicate with Shrewd. I'm not really sure that he did. Or with Verity um, about whether, hey, th things have changed. Do we really need to do this? I'm not sure if that communication went through properly, and I wonder if we'll find that out in a later book. And comments on characters? Oh, here. Uh, if anybody's saying anything, I'm not hearing it. And my control key sometimes doesn't click for me to know I'm on. I know I'm supposed to be leading the group, but I'm going to get out of it and come back in again, and maybe I can get hear you guys talking, because obviously I'm missing a lot of what's being said. Lana, um, 
it acted like somebody had a key down at that point. Well, I put the key down a few times, and it didn't give that click. It's supposed to tell me when I'm on until that second time I started talking about uh, disconnecting. So, But had anybody said anything after I asked about characters and, and the uh, shrewd and the communication and so on? Did, did somebody say something? No, I did not hear Anne say anything, but I did hear her earlier say that she was having some trouble. Um yeah, I heard that too, that she wasn't sure her mic was, she was having trouble with her mic. Okay, it's up to you then. Did you have any comments on the comments I made? Well, I did pick up on the um, al albinism of the fool um, from some of the references they made. Um, he's going to be an interesting character. Um, I would also like to know how dangerous this business of talking to or using animals is because from the way the stable master made it sound you, you turned into a werewolf or something equally bad. I'm wondering how much of that is uh, misinformation and we might, I suspect we're going to find out that he will use this down the road quite a bit and to his advantage, although from the beginning and the end, he's, I don't know if he's just old and in pain or, or this does not go down well by the time we're through because he's obviously having a little trouble with his keeping his, his focus and he's having a lot of trouble with pain and drugs. But he also mentions patients so, and veterans. So is he, um, is, I'm, I'm curious if this is being written after the third book or in maybe the third one picks up and he gets his life in order again. It's real cute. And are we going to see Molly again? Oh, you're going to see Molly again. I'm back, I think. I hope. Anyway, um, yes, you're going to see Molly again. And um, you've, uh, as far as the, um, what do you call it? The, the, uh, the king, I guess you're talking about the king. Or, no, I guess you're talking about Fitz. Yeah, he's writing this in his old age, is what's going on. He's writing it as a, as a memoir. And, um, you know, he's, he's uh, got that all uh, tied up. But, yeah, it's, it's a continual uh, reverting to uh, Fitz as an, an, an old man who's writing his memoirs. And that's what's, what that's all about. Can you hear me okay, Marshall? Yes, I can, just fine. Weird, because uh, Lana was breaking up big time. I didn't get anything she said for the last five minutes. Well, there was some kind of hiccup, because when I tried to talk, I never got the bloop sound that said I'd gotten the mic. It acted like the mic was somehow locked down. Yeah, I, I had that same trouble, too. So I switched over to Window Eyes, which seems to work best in this particular client. I was using System Access, and then I switched over. I was gone for a while, and then I came back. So I don't know. Um, is Lana back? I don't know if she ever left. No, uh, she's just not there. She's not here. Um, I, I heard the little announcement go on that said she left the room, so I don't know. Uh, what was she saying? Did you hear anything she said? 
Yeah, I'd re I don't know how much you heard about what I said. Um, she was talking about um, the various characters. To be honest, I wasn't paying that. I, I mean, I was listening, but I can't recite it back to you, if that makes any sense. Well, I'm back now, hopefully for more than a couple of seconds. I was saying that uh, I wanted reactions to... Um, well, first I said about, there was a question about the use of the word bastard. And I said that I, I think that was probably necessary because of that time. That's how they talked. And it emphasized his sense of unworthiness. Otherwise, I don't think Galen would have been able to overpower him as totally as he did. And then I questioned the communication with uh, Verity and with, Shrew with Shrewd at the end about, you know, I don't really want to assassinate this guy. And he, through August, he says, go ahead and do it anyway. And I'm wondering if that was a valid communication. Um, I don't remember that specifically. But um, as far as the communication between the brothers, um, Verity and Shrewd, uh, yeah, that is, that is valid. Um, because that's part of the, the, quote, magic, unquote, in the book, um, that, that people can communicate telepathically. Um, but, uh, yeah, the, the, the use of the word bastard um, is used in the old sense of the word. Okay, if today we call somebody a bastard, that means we're saying that they're, you know, a bad person, a horrible person, you know, just a, a regular low-down, uh, low-down dog. Uh, <laughs> but in this case, a bastard means an illegitimate son of, and indeed that's what Fitz means. It means uh, illegitimate son of. Um, and so he was uh, Fitz... Um, Whatever the third brother's name was, I can't remember. I forget. Um, but uh, yeah, and and so that's what uh, why that word is used the way it is. It's it's not a quote swear word in this case. It's just a simple a simple fact. Um, and taken in that context, it is. Um, you know, yeah, the society thought he was a uh, less than than honorable person, um, but the whole idea of keeping him close to the king because he is the illegitimate grandson kind of makes sense because the king feels that uh, rather than sending him away where he could do trouble and cause trouble that he'd keep him close and therefore be able to keep his eye on him. Which, I guess, kind of makes sense, um, considering the society and the, and the way things worked, but yeah. But I would have thought that King Shrewd would have been smart enough to pay attention to the adults. I guess his name was Regal. Um, you know, because if I were a king that where they had assassins, I'd certainly pay attention to my sons, all my sons, to make sure they weren't going to do something um, inconvenient. 
Well, you have to remember that he favored, he trusted Verity and he favored Regal. So uh, he just, it couldn't happen in his family. Um, on Verity, I thought the reader did not do a good job on Verity. He was supposed to be this kind of blunt military type, and yes, he had the polish of the court and so on. But I thought he could have, I don't know if the writer didn't write him with kind of blunter phrasing or something, but I, I thought he should have been written or at least read with a kind of gruffer voice or gruffer quality. Did anybody miss that? No, no, because Verity, um, although he is a warrior, um, is uh, essentially the the true son, the um, the the guy that's honest and true and compassionate and uh, all those things that a ruler is supposed to be. And um, oh yes, you will like how it ends, how the the um, how the third book ends. It is very interesting. But in any case. Um. Yeah, and and uh, oh, the name of the third one it, it escapes me. But they're all named according to their character, and it says in the beginning of the book that when they named the king's sons, it was the belief of the people that the the child would take on the qualities of the name. So, uh, Verity is indeed true, or, or truth, or however you want to call that. And regal, meaning to rule, is, is, uh, is. and um, I won't tell you anything more about regal except that uh, um, I would watch that gentleman rather closely. Um, and Shrewd is, um, he's got troubles. Um, and, and somebody was mentioning the drugs and the so forth. Um, yeah, it, the, the king definitely has troubles. And, um, I forget the name of the, the, uh, serving man or the, the whatever who, uh, kept giving him all these drinks and whatever, and uh, not the fool. Uh, oh yes, watch the fool too. Um, if you're going to read the second book, watch the fool. He is very interesting. Uh, thank you for the reassurance. I don't want to know how it ends, but I'm glad to be reassured that I will like the ending because you know how I am about endings. So I appreciate that little tidbit. Um, how many people like Birch? I know he was or Birch or however that was done. Um, he was he was gruff and he he didn't like the boy's connection with animals, but then he didn't believe he genuinely believed that it was would turn him into a beast. Uh, and he was really the father that that Fitz didn't have. Well, I kind of liked him, <clears throat> and I suppose if you thought or knew that bonding with animals would turn you into one. You know, he might have justification. I suspect he may have the same gift. Um, but uh, at least he was loyal, and I, you know, to the son, even if it was 
I mean, he was loyal to the father and was, therefore was loyal to the son. So I, th- I hope he survives the book. Oh, yes. Um, we, we, uh, we hear from Burrich again. Um, lots about Burrich, as a matter of fact. And uh, you're very insightful as far as reading his character. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, because he, he was the, the, the gruff, you know, person who didn't really show outward compassion or love or whatever you want to call it, and yet, um, well, Burrich men ends up, you know, kind of, kind of saving the day. Um, I won't tell you how, but, you know, he does, he does a lot of good. And, uh, um, oh, this book, is, this trilogy is quite interesting. It's very long. Um, I don't know how long the books are. They're, they're like 30 hours or some. And a lot happens. And uh, it's been a while since I've read them. So, you know, I can't tell you everything that happened. And I wasn't going to go back and reread the whole thing. Because I just, well, I just had other things I was reading. and But uh, uh, very interesting. And the bit about the the uh, the magician and the, and so forth and the the whole um, bit about getting him to uh, uh, try to uh, use his gift and all that. Um, I thought that was very interesting because. You know, knowing kids sort of the way I do, I mean, if if you if you treated me like that and expected me to uh, learn to empathize and to, to telepath with others, you know, you wouldn't get much out of me. I, you know, uh, I don't learn well when punished um, for not learning well. I I. And I think a lot of kids do that, and you will find that um, Fitz ends up uh, overcoming this. But I won't tell you how. Um, it, it, I just, I really enjoyed the characters. And, oh, and who asked about Molly? Yes, you hear about Molly, too. Um, Molly, uh, Molly comes back in the... In the book, so don't worry about Molly. She's good. Um, did, how did everyone respond to the world itself? You know, we've read some books where the world was very convincing. We've read some wor- books where the world, where we read that Lord doesn't say any book where the world kind of left us all, huh? Um, we've we've read some books where the world was particularly strange or vivid or so on. Did anybody have any reaction to the world itself and the way it was put together and whether it worked and whether the settings and all that. Did the, did the trappings come together okay for everyone? Well, they did for me. You know, I could believe... I found the the settings extremely believable. Um, for the time and the period... I mean, I don't know. I'm not a big history buff. But, you know, I think... Um, 
the author did that really well. Well, you don't have to be absolutely accurate on history, and I mean, you don't have to know how somebody in a particular century lived to, to design, to, to launch from that diving board and to create your own world and make it convincing. So that's the main thing. It's did the world that she made, was it convincing? And I find a lot of fantasy books kind of, you know, the world is pretty much the same as other worlds, and that's okay with me if they make it clear and they make it vivid, and I think she did. So do I. Much better than all that mud. Yes, I agree. Um, I, I found the world believable because the details matched. Uh, the the You know, the stables and the, you know, all of the physical details matched up with um, the society and how, um, you know, the, the kind of thing that, that um, you would expect in a society of that kind. And they all kind of matched up. You know, there was no, um, there was no, uh, there were no glaring errors in that way, as far as I could tell. I thought it was interesting that when that first night when they put him in the stable, it wasn't a horrible thing. It sounds like, oh, he got kicked into the stables. But, I mean, it was warm and there was straw and he had the dogs to cuddle up next to. And, and you know, the guard room with all the guards would have been, I mean, it was a pretty bleak place. Uh, and I thought that the stable was portrayed as a place of, of warmth and safety. And, yeah, it obviously had to be mucked out and stuff like that. But I, I thought that that was kind of a, I'd never thought of a stable as a cozy living place for dogs and horses. Yeah, but I thought that was cool. Well, I think the idea was that it fit with Burridge's, um, you know, way of, of dealing with the situation. I mean, here he had his, his master's puppy, if you will. And, you know, he had to do something with him, and he had to make him comfortable. And he made him comfortable in the, in the only way that he knew how. And then, um, you know, he was moved to better rooms um, after that. But, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it, you know, he, he just did the best he could. And as far as the the um, the animal uh, um, animal communication communication with the animals, yes, 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 and yes. Um, and you'll read more about that too. I, you know, the trouble with reading the first book in a series is that. So much happens in the second and third books that, you know, talking about the first book is a little difficult because it's only the first book. That's why we have to kind of wait on that. I'd like to know more about this character, that character, whatever. That's why there's a second book. But uh, I thought this book... Uh, really, uh, the end, it, it, it came to an end. Some fantasy books, you know, don't really end. I mean, there are still troubles, but this particular problem was solved, and that was leading to my next major question on the book was, um, did the story work for everyone? Did, did it hold together? Did you like the, the plot, particularly that wild stuff at the end with who's going to poison who? It kind of like almost almost turned into a comedy of errors, people following over each other's poison goblets. <laughs> kind of strange. It held together for me. Um, like I said, although I wish there had been a little more action in the 
front of the book. Well, that's kind of like when we read the first of the Belgariad series. It took a long time to kind of get started. And I think that's kind of typical of those books who start out with the person as a child. Now, in the second book, if if it's and, – and and you're getting used to the world. And I noticed on, on Darkborn and Lightborn, Darkborn was so good because I was getting used to the book and it seemed to move along. Lightborn was kind of like, okay, you know, I'm still interested, but it's kind of taking forever for anything to happen. And I haven't even – I've downloaded Shadowborn, but I haven't really read it yet um, because, okay, you know, all right. Um, so I, I hope – and I gather from what Anne isn't telling us that things do pick up and thicken up quite a bit in the next in the next books. But I thought the story held out real well. I loved all that scrambling around in the in the Queen's court where the bride was getting ready and who was going to poison who and who wasn't going to poison who and and uh, when they thought he was acting and he wasn't and and uh, that was just an interesting you know and you you tried to poison me we know you tried to poison me uh, we know you won't try to do this again because everybody will know you did it you know all of that stuff. I, I liked that kind of intrigue a lot. Interesting, you know, because I totally forgot about that part of the book. I, you know, that just totally slipped my mind. I mean, you know, I remember other things. I remember um, Fitz and Molly, and I remember uh, the the uh, you know the the his training as an assassin and and. Uh, I don't know. Does the does the old magician come into this book too, or is that in the second book? I can't remember. But anyway, um, you know, I I I totally forgot about that the the whole poisoning bit. Now that you remind me, I I remember it. But uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, it does start very slowly, and it it, it doesn't tend to. to the second two books have more action. Oh, that's the difference between a reader who's focused on character, as, as some of you are, and somebody who's focused more on plot, as I tend to be. Uh, what we remember about the book is most, you know, I, a plot's no good if you don't like the characters. I, I am very into that, but but I, I have to have a good storyline, and I thought this storyline held up real well, especially those last few chapters. What sort of a wife do you think she's going to turn out to be for Verity? That's an interesting um, situation. Anne can't answer that question, by the way, because she knows. Anybody there? Well, I think she's got a good beginning, um, particularly if Fitz keeps, you know, giving her advice about things, or if she starts realizing, you know, what the, what her role is. Didn't you love the one duchess, how he got her straightened out? I thought that was priceless, because she wasn't really happy. She wasn't being a duchess, and she was, and for the reasons that she wasn't being a duchess were part of the reason she wasn't happy, and I thought that was so cool, the way he kind of dropped a couple of hints, and apparently it worked. The Duchess, I'm talking about the one with the little dog that, that had all the jewels and so on. I'm afraid I don't remember that part. Uh, you mean the one that was his father's wife? Is that the one you're talking about? 
No, I'm talking about when they went to that one duchy where he wasn't taking care of the towers and the seawall and so on, and his new wife, he, his wife was younger than he was, and he was uh, pouring all these jewels and everything on her, and she really didn't quite know what she was doing there. Cause she, I mean, she knew what she was doing there, but she was very insecure because she was a, a commoner, and, and here she'd been made a duchess, and he helps, Fitz helps her with her dog when her dog gets a bone caught in its throat, and then he sort of drops some hints to her about how she could offer her jewels to as a sample of what the jewels of this kingdom are, the towers that are fortified and so on. And he never sees it, but years later that she did and the people loved her and obviously I'm sure her husband thought the world of her all of a sudden, you know, here we are, a duchess, not just a piece, a decoration. Oh, yeah, that one. Yeah. That's why I think... Um having an assassin that just goes out and kills people um, really wouldn't work, particularly back then when they didn't have the communications we do now. You know, I mean, the assassin might be months or, months or years away from his ruler, and he might have to decide whether, you know, this guy goes down or not. Well, yeah, I can see that happening, Marshall. I... Um but uh, I can also see, uh, you know, having an assassin who was a, a diplomat slash spy would be an excellent thing. And, oh, yes. Um, well, I won't tell you about Verity's wife except to say um, you got to watch her, too. <laughs> watch the fool. Watch the wife. Watch the old magi- magician. And, uh, of course, watch Fitz. But uh, I won't say anything more than that. Curiouser and curiouser. Do we have any final comments about the book before we go on to decide what we're going to do next month? Does anyone have any last comments? There having been no response, at least none that I could hear, I'll open the discussion. Does anyone have any ideas for next month's book? I don't. I don't. Um, let's see. Have I read any fantasy recently? Uh, no, I haven't. Um, although I'm tempted to go back and, and reread the Shannara stuff because somebody wrote a, a thing on one of the book lists or you know discussion lists that it's going to be a TV show in the next several months, which I thought was kind of cool. Um, well, actually, I have been reading fantasy. Ha! Huh, I shouldn't say that. I went and I reread uh, The Lord of the Rings, but we don't want to do that, because we've all done it, and probably several times, so um, we don't want to do that, but um, that's that's the fantasy I've been reading recently. I've been drowning in um, mysteries, uh, so I, I don't have any suggestions. I think. Wait a minute. Let me look at my list because I know Julia was saying she had a couple of suggestions, and w- whether I wrote them down. Hang on a second. Well, she's doing that. I can't think of anything particularly. I've been really reading some thrillers and 
some things that kind of verging on fantasy, science fiction, whatever, but that was from Audible, so that's no good. Um, don't have any brilliant ideas. Maybe we want to go back and visit some of the old standbys that we haven't, that some of us haven't read. Oh, her comment about Shannara, I hope that's a series, not a book, because, I mean, not a TV show, because, I mean, it would have to be a, like, Game of, Game of Thrones or something for that to go on. Do we all know that the third book of the uh, establishment of Shinar. I don't know what the official name is. There was the measure. Of, no, it isn't the third book. The the measure of the magic. Uh, the first one was the black staff, and now it's the measure of the magic. It's been out a while. It's after Earth was destroyed, and the people went to this valley, and so that they could be protected from the destruction. And then later, their barrier has come down. And this is the second book in that series, which will lead ultimately to the foundation of Shinar. That that series is out now. But it would be very hard to read it because you'd almost have to know about the three books that went before the three books they're, they've done two of now. But, you know, going back... In fact, we might want to pick a Shinar book. Maybe we want to go back to, you know, like the Elfstone... Or what was the first one? The the Sword of Shinar was the first one that came out. Would would that be something we would want to... Somewhere we would want to go, unless somebody has a better idea? Well, I thought I wrote down uh, Julia's suggestions, and of course I didn't. So, um, I don't mind doing that. Um, I don't mind... Rereading, um, you know, the one of the the sort of Shannara. Um, I've read it several times. Excellent book, very Tolkien-esque. Um, very good. Um, so if you want to do that, we can certainly do that. Um, uh, comments, uh, Marshall. Well, I don't know. I've read some of the Shannara books. I don't know if I've read short of Sonara or not. Um, so, if that's is that's the first book in the series, um, or is that in the middle somewhere? That's the first one that came out. Uh, you could argue that the one he the ones he's doing now came before that, but the first book that came out and the one that, that is probably the most standalone book is the Sword of Shannara. Then I vote for that one. Okay. All right, we can do that. Um, and I sure wish I could remember the the books that uh, that uh, Julia was suggesting because she had a couple. Oh, well, I, I just can't remember. But in any case, um, all righty. Um, sounds good to me, um, unless anybody else has, has any suggestions. What we might do is put out that we're considering the Sword of Shannara. If anybody has any other ideas, uh, input them, and then if Julia is there and can submit her list, you know, without pointing her out on the email, Julia sent us your list. We'll just say we're we're considering it, and we would like. We had a, a limited attendance, and if anybody has any input, you know, try to get that input in fairly quickly so we can decide. Otherwise, we'll do this sort of shenar, kind of make an open open email like that. Sounds like a plan. Why don't we do that? And since you're the moderator. Uh I elect you to send out the email. 
Oh, goody, aren't I lucky? <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's fair enough. Uh, we are, are we then deciding to close uh, the, the fantasy book discussion of, um, ah, the name got away from me, of um, Farseer Trilogy Book One, The Assassin's Apprentice, and looking forward to next week, or next meeting, which is the third Sunday in October, and I have the vaguest idea what that date is. Nobody does either. Okay, Marsha, you can stop the recording. Hang in there. I've got my calendar. Hang in there.